Hey, good morning. Uh, so welcome to day 17 of SDPN's Game Over International Olympic coverage. I'm surprised I got that all out in, in one one go. I thought I would stumble over that. <laughs> uh, but hey, how's it going? Uh, so uh, as the Olympics are winding down, obviously the events are getting less frequent. So we're going to spend uh, the majority of today's episode talking and previewing uh, the Olympic men's gold hockey game. It's happening later today uh, between ROC and Finland. Um, but before getting to that, and also I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bringing in um, Nick Barton, who was with me the first time uh, that I did uh, Game Over International, and I thought it'd be fitting to bring to bring Nick in just because you know um, not only is uh, the gold medal game taking place, but we also have the bronze medal game as well uh, between uh, Slovakia and Sweden, and uh, we all know that uh, <laughs> Nick's favorite player, favorite Leaf player of all time. Uh, is on is on teams of Slovakia, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what his thoughts are. But again, before getting into that, just want to quickly recap um, something that took place as far as medals go when it comes to Canada. Canada did earn another uh, another medal about two hours ago, I want to say, uh, in the women's mass uh, Olympic speed skating, uh, where you have Ebony Blondon who uh, won the silver medal, and and actually in a pretty intense high pace ending uh to the race where at a point you know fellow canadian valerie malte was actually in first um once they kind of got into the more sprinting portion uh of the speed skating event uh so she pulled ahead um and then as the turns came on as the final stretches uh took place again blondon was it was in first for actually a large portion of that final stretch uh but then at the end irene shouten uh, of the netherlands uh ended up taking uh pulling ahead uh just just as they were about to to uh finish the um, pass across the past the finishing line so so Really intense uh, end and a really intense way for Canada to get another medal. Again, that's their 13th uh, 13th medal in total and then their 8th silver medal actually at this uh, at this year's um, uh, Winter Olympics, uh, putting Canada, I want to say, I think 11th. Yeah, um, 11th on the medal table. So that's uh, great for them. That's solid, solid there. Um, then again, I'm a big fan of speed skating. So uh, anytime, you know, um, anytime anyone can, can win, and win a medal in that kind of intense... Uh, you know, final stretch event type of thing, uh, I think is pretty solid. All right. All right, so to, again, to start talking about uh, the hockey that's going to be taking place today, let's bring in Nick Barton. Nick, how goes it? I'm good. T- a little bit tired because it's – I'm not used to waking up this early, mm-hmm. similar to last time, but I'm ready. I'm so ready. To yeah. talk about this. <laughs> yeah, the wake up time has been kind of like a, a chronic uh, discussion <laughs> when, it, when it comes to this. Like, uh, like Mikey Stevens is probably isn't isn't oh. gonna isn't gonna live live that down. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be his his uh, his meme for for a while. <laughs> Anytime you need to get Mikey Stevens on um on an interview, like okay, make sure make sure he wakes up on time for it. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, appreciate you appreciate having you on. Um, then again, uh men's hockey gold gold today let's talk about how we got how we got here because um for many you know despite the the question marks and the and the concerns and the comments uh surrounded you know canada's canada's men's uh men's uh, olympic team um they lost lost in the semifinals oh not the semifinals actually the quarterfinals um so what stands out to you about Canada not being in in this you know in this gold medal game, not being in the tournament uh, after that game? 
Uh, I think one of the things is just how difficult it is to put a team together during the Olympics. Like when one of the things that I found interesting was when you don't get NHL guys, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult just in the sense that rather than having a lot of players who are coming from the NHL who know each other, you're getting guys who play in North America, play in Europe. Um, and some of them might not know each other as well as like maybe NHL players would. So I think when you put a team together like that, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to really find chemistry really quick in a, in a team. And although you might think that you have chemistry in a practice when it comes to game time, it, really makes it a little bit different. And when like you have guys like Mason McTavish, Josh Hosang, like it, it gets really exciting and you get really excited for all these guys Owen power too. And then Eric Stahl coming, like you get so excited to see how they do. And it was unfortunate that things didn't work out. Um, but I think when you look at it in the big picture, like there's, some teams like me, maybe Finland or Sweden or Russia, all, a lot of these teams have guys who have played together a lot and know each other. I'm not saying Canada hasn't because they probably have, but I don't, I don't think they were as familiar with each other as they would have liked to be. And I think that was one of the things that made it a downfall for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think the chemistry aspect of it is definitely is underrated. And as you brought up, like a lot of the players on like other teams are like have played on, on the same KHL team, have played on the same like Swedish hockey league t- uh, team. So there's like that there is that that built-in chemistry. And I think that is an interesting point and when you think of how the third period g- game went against Sweden when, you know, the line blunder just started going, um I think that just kind of really uh, enforces and enhances that issue, uh, you know, opposed from the from the part that like you know Canada did come to this tournament with a very veteran heavy or veteran focused uh, group. So, um, and speaking of that, um, are you on Team Connor Bedard? Should have been on Team Canada. I did not even think of that before. Yeah, that's actually been like I had that thought. Um, and then, like, I've noted, like, I know some people, like, I saw on Twitter, like, people saying, like, hey, like, you know, Connor Bedard should have been on the team. Like, Owen Power was on Canada. Connor Bedard should have been there. And then, like, anytime you see, like, and because Connor Bedard is Connor Bedard, like, we see, like, these nightly, like, holy flip <laughs> highlight videos from him. And then there's always, like, a couple people in the comments saying, like, Connor Bedard should have been on Team Canada. Uh, so it has been, like, maybe not a, a loud conversation, but it has been something that's been going around. So... Would you have put Connor Bedard on this Team Canada roster, considering like a team like the U.S. like really you know kind of you know dive dove into that again? You know, most of the young players were college players, but still, I I don't know. Like you think about the way he played at the World Juniors too, and he seemingly dominated that when he's so young and he's not even his draft year yet. Um, I mean, I don't know. Could you put the same question out for Shane Wright? Like, mm-hmm. it's always, it's always a possibility. I mean, at some points, I would have liked to see the team go a little bit younger. Like, it, it would have been maybe a breath of fresh air a little bit. Like, they did have Owen Power and Mason McDavish and Ken Johnson, and, and 
when you look at a guy like Ken Johnson, like that guy is pretty skilled and he's not afraid to pull off anything. And even Mason McTavish, I think was one of the guys who tried or wanted to try the Michigan in one of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have liked to see one, like one of Shane Wright or Connor Bedard there. It would have made it a lot more exciting. I think it would have also made more people want to wake up or want to watch the games. Like it, it brings a little bit more excitement and, and you, you know, those guys um, like there, I know there's a few guys who are on team Canada that I don't think I've heard of maybe in a long time or heard of ever. Mm-hmm. So like in that aspect, like when you, when you think about it in the women's game, like all of those women, you know, because you've watched them before and you want to wake up and you want to watch them and you want to cheer for them. And I, I think if you put Connor Bedard in that team, it, it kind of makes it the same in a sense. Um, but it, it would have been really fun and I, I would have really enjoyed it. And I would, I would love to see how he would have played against tougher competition, especially against teams like Sweden um, and even how he would have fared against teams like China and how he would have been able to showcase his skill there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it, it is it is an interesting comparison for sure because like like and I think the the point on on giving people I guess extra incentive to watch the games I think is really sound as well because like I know a lot of people who for example are paying attention to like the 2022 draft class have been watching Slovakia right because you have you know Yuri Slavkovsky who's on Slovakia and is just a monster. Like six four, two hundred and eighteen pounds has like five goals, so it's like yeah, so like it, it it actually it is it is an interesting dynamic to have like you know the the quote unquote unorthodox youth you know at at a tournament like this again when the NHL can't participate. So yeah, I, I think it would have been it would have been interesting definitely to see like a Connor Bedard or a Shane Wright to your point, um, you know, playing at the Olympics. I know probably a lot of Habs fans would have definitely liked to see a uh, uh, Shane Wright. Uh, Good luck, good luck there <laughs> when it comes to the draft lottery. Um, all right, so on our way to the medal game. So we have Finland that beat Slovakia. They beat them 2-0 to qualify, whereas ROC beat Sweden 2-1 to qualify. So both very close-scoring games. Um, do you have any early predictions or thoughts about either team? Uh, as much as I think... Um... I, I'm really going on the side of the ROC just because of, I mean, the familiarity of players. Like I know there's a few players that are really good on that team, but when you look at Finland too, like there are even the familiarity there. Like you have guys like Leo Komarov, you have Miro Altonen. Miro Altonen had a, has had a good tournament so far. I, I completely uh, missed that he was on, that he was on the Finnish team. Like I was, like I remember just watching a game, and after that, you see like, oh, Bjorlson. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was like it was surprising. Like I, I knew he played for the Marlies for a little bit, and I was like, okay, like former former guy in the Maple Leafs organization. Let's see what he'll do. And then he, I think there was a game where he put up three points. Um, so he's been really good. I mean, Leo Komarov has been himself. Um, all tournament. I remember. I think last game he checked the guy into the bench. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, in terms of, 
who would win again, though, I think as much as I want to lean towards the side of the ROC, I, I think Finland still has that chance of doing it and winning gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Definitely. All right. Let's play. Let's play a game. The jigsaw style. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm gonna read you. I'm, I'm gonna read you some some uh, some stats. All right. Um, between two teams. All right. So you're gonna tell me based off of these stats who you think is going to win. All right. Okay. So their gold ton- goaltender, number one goaltender, save percentage point nine two six versus a nine uh, point nine four four. All right. Goals against average. Which yes, goals goals against average is a stat that we don't necessarily focus on too much because it is more of a team stat. But because of the the, the quickness of this tournament, I'll, I'll throw that in because that does speak to the team overall. So, uh, so the goalie that has the so the team that has the goalie with the point nine two six save percentage, their goals against average is one point five four. Other goaltenders goals against average is just one flat. All right, uh, first goaltender, fifth most shots faced. The first goaltender, or the second goaltender, uh, most shots faced at 135 throughout the entire tournament. The first goaltender, one shutout. One shutout. The second goaltender, two. For the teams, we have a 30% power play versus a 12.5% power play. And then the penalty kill, they're both tied at a 66.67, which was ninth. So based off of those stats... Who do you think, uh, which team would you give the edge to? Team A that has the .2926 save percentage, the 1.53 goals against average, fifth most face shots, one shutout, and the 30% power play, or Team B that has the .944 save percentage goaltender, one, one flat goals against average, most shots faced, two shutouts, and a 12.5% power play. You're making it really tough on me. Like one team's got the goaltender who's not the best. I mean, they both sound like they're very good goaltenders. I mean, and then the power play. Uh, I'm going to go with the first team just because they have a better power play. Well, congratulations, Nick. Your thoughts and the stats match because that is Team Finland. So Hari Saturi, yeah, has that .926 save percentage. Again, it is lower than ROC's goaltender in in uh, Ivan Fedotov, who has the .944, right? But yeah, the the offense on Finland is is just insane. Like they have multiple players with at least three goals. Um, so you have Hari Pesinen, Iro Iro uh, Pakarinen. Sakari Manninen, who is leading all players at all players in the tournament with seven points, and then Mira Altinen, as you as you pointed out, that has three goals. But then when it comes to Russia, like their highest scoring f- uh, player, not just forward, like player, is one Nikita Gusev, almost a Leaf, with just five assists, and that and that has him leading leading uh leading the entire tournament. And when you look at like the, the scoring throughout the rest of the rest of the ROC roster. A lot of like one goal players and two goal players, so it seems like the scoring is a lot more spread out, but also infrequent, right? Finland overall has the, has the highest goals for in the tournament, and they have you know, multiple players with at least three goals. So I guess what I guess what is a main takeaway from that, and what if and if I'm a team like ROC, like what should I be concerned about? 
I think just trying to limit the offense. I mean, it's, I, I think we're for, or also forgetting the fact that even on defense, Finland is pretty stacked. Like they got guys like Miko Lettinen who are able to provide scoring if needed. Um, he was a guy that was with the Leafs and unfortunately didn't get really a good opportunity with them, but he's a good one. And it's, I think when you look at Russia, like they're going to have good goaltending either way. I think it's just a matter of matter of weathering the store when it comes to, I mean, shots, uh, especially even on the power play. Like if they can try and figure out Finland's power play and just keep it at bay. Well, if there are chances, I think Russia has that chance. Um, but Russia's got a deep team too. And I mean, you look at, again, like you said, Nikita Gusev. I'm going to go relate to Leafs here, but Kirill Semyonov too. Also didn't I'm, know he was on the team. <laughs> that was another <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just like when you go through the roster, like I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of these guys here that I'm looking at that I don't really have much knowledge about, but they got good stats. And I mean, it, it's... It's always interesting going into a gold medal game, especially when it's not USA or Canada in it, because because um, it, it, it it's kind of I don't know. I was gonna say more even, but I mean when Canada gets to the gold medal game, it's usually either against the U.S. or Russia at some points, and it's still pretty even. But I think when you look at these two teams, they're pretty pretty similar, and I think. When you look at the power play, I think that's one thing that Russia would like to just be able to keep at bay and not allow Finland and then just use their own offense to their own advantage and try and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think to that point, I think that's where goaltending is really, is really going to be, I think, the deal breaker between the two teams because, again, like both goaltenders are very capable, um, but you know the ROC goaltender has, has definitely had to work more. Right, I think yeah. when you have a team that doesn't score as often and also also gives up a lot of shots, um, I think you know the I think you can attribute a lot of the success of ROC to uh to um to Ivan Fedotov. So, um, I think that'll be like that'll be the, the huge thing. I mean, like if, if Finland gets a lot of scoring chances, which I think you know when you look at the when you look at their game against Slovakia, for example, that took place a lot where a lot of scoring chances. Really, I don't think scoring happened until like the third period. Um, so if you have, you know, the ROC goaltender just like standing on his head and just denying everything. And then if, you know, if the ROC has their opportunities, then Hey, maybe, maybe they win. Maybe they kind of squeak out, squeak out a victory there, but, um, let's, let's make some predictions. What are your, what are your predictions? Maybe like a final score, um, any standout, standout players, any of that stuff? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go four, three Finland. Leo Komarov scoring the game-winning goal. <laughs> Imagine it's a game of just like only only former Leaf score. So you have Komarov scores, Altonen scores. Uh, we'll give Gusev a goal, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, okay, I like it. I think um, again, hmm, like all all signs are telling me that that Finland is going to win it, and I think it would be cool to see Finland win it. Um, it would be. At the same time. 
I think it'd be fascinating because like ROC, like they're they're defending a title. Like they won they won the the last the last um mm-hmm. men's hockey Olympics. So you know they do have something to prove here. Um and again the the goaltending is fascinating. So you know what? I think I think we've seen a lot of like two one games. Um as of late. I think I'll say two one ROC. I think I think both goaltenders will make it will make it pretty close. Um and I wouldn't be surprised if it if it just ends up being like a one goal game, a one goal decision, and then goaltending just just shuts things down, um, and then keeps Finland from um from getting back at it. Um, so yeah, yeah, let's let's play, let's let's play, let's play the uh, play the other side. So yeah, four three Finland for Barden, and then we have a uh, two one uh, prediction from uh from yours truly. Uh, that was lame. <laughs> <laughs> ignore that. It's, it's six a.m. It's okay. Yeah, ignore that. <laughs> All right. Um. So. Gold medal game. Let's talk about the bronze medal game because, again, as I as I mentioned, you know, you have some skin in that one with your boy Marty Marinz. Um So, do you have, have any any thoughts, any predictions about that game, Slovakia versus Sweden? Uh, I mean, I hope. I it's it's difficult because like you got like you said, Martin Marinz, and I would like that would be cool. It'd be cool for him to get a medal. Um, on the other side, though, you have a guy like. Pontus Holmberg, who's a lease prospect, who you you you'd like to see do well, and that's always an interesting thing. Is especially with like the U.S., like with Matthew Nyes and Nick Abruzzese, like I I wanted to see them do well, and unfortunately they didn't. Um, but I, I think I'm gonna go on the side of Martin Morinson here. I think I gotta support <laughs> him through all of our trials and tribulations. <laughs> uh, I, he's, he's been one of Slovakia. I think it's either first or second in ice time for Slovakia. He's been leaned on a lot, um, and he should be. He's a great defender, great, great defenseman. Um, <laughs> but I, I really hope Slovakia, if they can pull out a win, just so he can bring home a gold medal, a gold medal, a, a bronze medal. Mm. I, I wanted Canada to bring home a gold medal just so when Josh Hosang returned to the Marlies, I could see it. Yeah, that would have been it really sucks. sick. And like it was funny because I was gonna say I was gonna tell you right before we started. Um, I interviewed Nick Robertson a few days ago, and I asked him like, or it was it was before Canada played and the U.S. played in them the elimination rounds, but I was like, who's going to win? He's like the U S and the next thing you know, they're both eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of like come back and be like, Hey, what happened? What happened? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that prediction doesn't look too good. there. That's awesome. Yeah. But I'm going to go with my heart says Slovakia, but I, I know probably deep down Sweden might just come out and probably dominate and probably win, but you never know. Like, Switzerland was a surprise in the the qualification rounds, and I'm actually surprised they didn't go a little bit farther. But I think, again, my heart's going to go with Slovakia, but I think Sweden might pull out the win. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think Slovakia is the more is the more quote unquote I guess uh, heart story of this because you know if they get a bronze here, that'll be their first medal. Since 1992, before um, before the split, when uh, Czechoslovakia was still a thing, um, so I think that that could be 
uh, something to cheer for. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think Sweden does um, does take take the win here. I think you know aside from like players like Pontus Holmberg, I think you also have like Lucas Wahlberg, who is who's had a great who has had a great tournament tournament for Sweden so far. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe Martin Marinson scores the first goal of the game again, just like he did against uh, I guess <laughs> against Latvia. Um, so we'll Seeing see. eye point shot. Hey, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna lie, man. I was I watched that I watched that goal and you know I saw his footwork at the blue line. And I was like, hey, you know what? Somebody. I remember, like, remember when Marinson like first got sent down to like the Marlies? Like, la- like I don't know if it was last last season or season before, and then he just like morphed into Bobby Orr. He, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, he goes down to the AHL and he does everything. He's like, <laughs> I remember last season when he went down. Like, he was toe dragging guys. He was dangling. He, he like you said, he was Bobby Orr. Basically, was mm-hmm. somebody replied to me in one of. Um, I don't remember what tweet it was, but it was like, if Martin Marinson was half a second quicker, he would be a $5 million defenseman in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's probably true. Like he's a big guy. He's, I think, um, I, I know the Marley's head coach, Craig Moore last season said like, he's one of the best defenders in the AHL. So, I mean, it, it would be nice if he somehow, in the back half of his career found that five extra half a second and was able to put it together. But no, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he scores a goal. Maybe I should put money on that. Hey, I mean, yeah, why not? I think that, that'd be an interesting bet. Um, this actually, I was like, so when, when you're talking about, you know, like the, the, the idea of how, like, you know, we're having the conversation of like players looking like, you know, different levels of elite, depending on where they're playing. Like one thing that's always that's always stood out to me about you know especially with how the Olympics have been going on as far as men's hockey goes without any Olymp- uh, NHL players going, do you think there are any players who have competed in the Olympics for the men's team that have either garnered some interest from the NHL or may get an actual contract out of this? Like a lot of people are focusing on Josh Hosang and whether the Leafs will sign him ahead of the deadline. But do you think are there any players? that you think stand out that think like, Hey, you know what? You might have an NHL deal waiting for you after this is all done. Are you, are you talking about like just team Canada and oh, that no, sense, like anyone, or all like, everyone? Yeah. Like anyone. Uh, they're putting me on the spot here. I don't know. I mean, um, it's, it's so difficult because I mean, you look at a lot of these guys and they're probably like they're a lot of them are playing in, at, like especially with Finland guys and Sweden, like there are a lot of them are playing with their home country. And I don't know whether or not like you could see them have a move to the NHL. I mean, one of the guys is always Nikita Gusev. Like you never know, like he always seems to go back to the KHL and do really well. And in these tournaments do really well. And then you think, okay, why is, why does he not work in the NHL? Like, He's he's a guy, I mean, like I'm going to go relate. Again, Kirill Semyonov, Nico Lettinen, those guys, I don't think they'll come back to the NHL, but they're good enough. And it's unfortunate how things didn't work, but you have those two guys as well. But I think I think when you look at it, like the the main people that would, I think, 
consider it would be Canadians or Americans. Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult because none of them really went that far. Mm-hmm. And like, especially with a guy like Josh Hosang, like I think for him, he, I think he had a, a good tournament. Like I, it was difficult. Like you have, again, like I said earlier, you have a team that you've put together so fast you're not always going to find those line combinations. And I think at some points too, he was used in ways that probably weren't, I'm not going to say to his liking, but to his skill set and to what he can do. Um, I, I think he had a good tournament overall. I don't, I think he looked just as good as he did with the Marlies as he did here. Don't know if he would get an NHL contract off that. Um, but again, it's it's really difficult because, like I said, a lot of these guys are playing for their home countries already, and it's probably a little bit difficult. I don't I don't know how contracts would work in terms of mm-hmm. like just saying, you know what, I'm done here. I'm going to go play in the NHL because I have an offer. But I think when you would look at the bigger picture, it would have been more Americans or. Canadians and unfortunately they didn't get as far as they would have liked to yeah definitely and like again like when it comes to I think the focus definitely is on the Canadian and American teams when it comes to that because like like I think of a player like and again I don't I don't know what the story is but like I think of a player like Eric Stoll maybe who you know didn't have you know obviously you know went to the Stanley Cup final last year with with the Montreal Canadians and didn't sign a a deal out of the gate but like I wonder if you think if maybe he considered, you know, this this Olympics, you know, as as Canada's number one center, as an opportunity to kind of show teams like, hey, you know, if you need a depth depth option at center for for a playoff run, like you know, I can be I can be that option. So, um, yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously how the rest of the tournament goes, uh, how you know who walks away with the gold medal, who walks away with the bronze and the silver. Um, so that'll be great. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to read a tweet. Uh, from Sean Shapiro that came out yesterday, uh, and this pertains to the women's uh, uh, gold medal hockey game. So, uh, U.S. U.S. Canada's women's gold hockey game on NBC averaged 3.54 million viewers. That's more viewers than any NHL game this season, and second most watched hockey game in the United States since 2019. So, again, another thing, another stat, and just another uh, point of evidence to prove that yes. Uh, women's hockey does belong at the Olympic level. So congrats to Canada for getting that um um for getting that that victory, that championship victory. Again, shout out to Sarah Nurse and the history that she was able to make during Black History Month, uh, which is awesome. So shout outs to her, shout outs to the rest of the team, and uh, shout outs to yourself as well. Uh, depending on whoever you end up uh, cheering for, uh, for the uh for the the Canada's uh, gold medal uh game, uh, that's happening later today. So thank you for watching. I'm Tic Tac Tomar. It was now Nick Barden. I, was, <laughs> I don't know why I said he was Nick Barden. Um, <laughs> I never know how to end these things properly. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, um, uh, watch the video on Twitter. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Definitely uh, like subscribe to the SDPN uh, YouTube channel. And uh, we'll see you around. Thanks for watching.